brand new episode of Dope Nostalgia, and I'm your host, Naomi. And this one I've been waiting for for a long time to bring to you, because today we are featuring Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Now, you know I couldn't get Mark Wahlberg to come on the show. He's a little busy. You know, he's got some stuff going on. I did, however, get two members of the Funky Bunch to join us for the show today. Fantastic dudes, straight out of Boston. We're going to go old school back to Dorchester back in the day and learn about the development of the Funky Bunch and the fact that they're still together and you got to check out what they're doing. They'll tell you all about it. So not only that, but we also have a very special Patreon shout out I want to give out today to a very important new member of our Patreon family, Crystal. Crystal Hicks, thank you so much for joining our Patreon. She's now an official subscriber and that's part of the deal. I always shout out our official subscribers right here on the show. And not only that, I'm also going to play one of her very favorite commercials from the 90s right now. Wikipedia Moments Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch was an American hip-hop group led by Mark Wahlberg. The Funky Bunch consisted of Wahlberg, Scott Ross, alias Scotty G, Hector Barros, alias Hector the Booty Inspector, Terry Yancey, alias DJT, and Anthony Thomas, alias Big Ace. The group's best-known song is this one. Come on, spit it. Good Vibrations, which made it to number one on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1991, while their follow-up song, Wild Side, peaked at number 10. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch released their debut album, Music for the People, on July 23, 1991. The album was a huge success for the group, making it number one on the Top Heat Seekers chart and number 21 on the Billboard 200. The album's success was fueled by two top 10 monster singles, both of which were certified gold. Good Vibrations, which went to number one, and Wild Side, which went to number 10. The album itself first went gold in November 15, 1991, before being certified platinum on January 14, 1992. At the height of the group's success, they also had a video game released by Digital Pictures entitled Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch Make My Video. After the success of Music for the People, the group quickly recorded a follow-up entitled You Gotta Believe that was released on September 15, 1992. However, the album achieved little success, only making it as high as number 67 on the Billboard 200, as did the album's lone single, also titled You Gotta Believe, which went to number 49 on the Hot 100. The group disbanded in 1993 with their last appearance being I Want You, which was featured on the Super Mario Brothers movie soundtrack. After the group disbanded, Mark continued his music career by teaming with reggae musician Prince Ital Joe. The duo released two albums in Europe and had a number one hit in Germany with United. Mark continued to release music until retiring from music in 1998 and becoming a successful actor, which you all know about today. The great news is that the rest of the guys in the Funky Bunch, they didn't end it. They got back together and they've been touring for a long time now, doing performances at a different venues near you. And then we're going to hear more about the shows they've been doing. I want to give a shout out to the beautiful voice on this track, the lady, the legend, Lolita Holloway. She's the one who sang this tune, giving her all the credit where credit is due. Coming up first from the Funky Bunch to chat with me is Anthony Thomas, AKA Big Ace. He was born in the small urban town called Roxbury, Massachusetts. 
As a youth, Ace was a lead choreographer for the famous dance group called The Funk Effects, whose high-speed technical dance moves made them a neighborhood household name as the best in Boston. The group became the opening act for headline acts like The Sugar Hill Gang, Curtis Blow, and Run DMC. In middle school, Ace taught choreography to acts like The Wonder Twins, Bobby Brown, Ricky Bell, Ralph Tresvant, New Kids on the Block, and Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. As a lead choreographer and member of the band, Ace has been on multiple musical world tours as an opening act to headlining his own shows as a solo artist. In the late 90s, Ace started acting and has featured in over 20 films, including The Fighter, Patriot's Day, and Wonderland. Ace has a brand new single out called Clap, which he wrote and produced, and you can find it by searching Big Ace Clap on Spotify. Welcome, Big Ace, to the show. Are you from Boston? Yes, I'm originally from Boston. What part of Boston? I grew up in, um, I grew up in Dorchester and Roxbury. I was born in Roxbury, but I grew up in all the boroughs, Massachusetts, basically, in Boston. Nice. So Dorchester, obviously, um, is the center of the hub for a lot of the music that was being ha made at that time, right? Oh, definitely. I grew up during the, the funk era. And I was uh, really close with Maurice Starr, so I got to see the funk band era kind of grow in Boston. And that's kind of when all the talent from Boston started coming out also, you know? In the early 70s. I started performing in the 70s. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, how did you meet up with uh, everyone in the band? Obviously, you knew Maurice already. Was that the first connection? Well, I was in a, 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 a dance group called the Funk Effects, and we were like a household name. We, we opened up for most of the, the acts that broke out in hip-hop when hip-hop first hit Boston. Yeah. And yeah, we opened up for like Sugar Hill Gang, Curtis Blow, Run DMC, and um, I worked closely with Maurice. I actually won the first Hollywood Talent Night, the one that we auditioned. Also, one, but I won the I won the original show. Um, I kept working with Maurice, and we like, we uh, started working with me, new edition, new kids on the block, and then I started working with Mark. And um, during that course, I was working with a group called Best Hell Secret, and those guys were like the best entertainers in the world to me. So when I got the opportunity to choreograph the Funky Bunch. I um I ended up uh, pulling those guys in the band, so that's what created the funky bunch. 
Oh, wow. And and how many? There were three or four uh, members besides Mark. Well, it was, it was three uh, Funky Bunch uh, dancers and a DJ, DJ T, and Mark. Fantastic. So right from the beginning, you're OG. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I've been around for a minute. I've heard stories that the TV show Entourage was kind of based off some of those times. I'm not sure how yeah. how accurate that they, is. Um, well, it basically was um, catered around the relationships that the Entourage had in mind. They didn't tell a lot of the stories that really happened. You know, it was based on the idea of Mark and bringing in his uh, friends into the Hollywood situation and what happened after that. But they were creators on their end. But, you know, you can't tell some of the stuff that we did. It was just too crazy as well. But um, they, they kind of skated on the truth, you know. Mm-hmm. I get you. Like a general, general idea, but not, not the exact thing. Um, so which of, uh, first of all, you're doing the first album, Music for the People. Um, did you work in, in like Maurice's studio? How did you get started with the album and who all from New Kids was involved in that album? Well, that was basically Mark's um, project with Donnie. You know, Donnie went to do an album with his brother. So Don, that's how Donnie approached me. So he was working on doing a band for his brother because he wanted to um, to work with Mark. And um, yeah, that's we um, we basically just worked with Donnie. Mm. You know, we at the studios and we worked with our producer Leo Chichi, and we were in and out of that studio and uh, various studios in Boston. It must have been a and thrill. We, when it was... the, we were on tour. We actually got a, a promotional tour, and we started recording a lot of the album on the road while we were performing. Oh, okay. Sweet. I was going to say, how much uh, touring did you get to do, and where all did you get to visit? I went on a, um, a couple of tours with the Funky Punch, and we toured all over the United States, and then we toured all over Europe. And then I um, actually was in another band called One Love with Mark, and we toured uh, all over Europe. You know, and it was really cool. We had a, a hit single called That's the Way You Like It. was a remake of Casey the Sunshine Band, That's the Way I Like It. Oh, nice. Yeah. Is it out there that and we then, can... then I started, huh? Is that song out there on Spotify or anywhere where we can play it on the show? Yeah, it's on, um, it's on YouTube. I'll send you a link. Oh, that would be perfect. This one's going out to all them heads out there all over the world who are down with the funk. Yo, baby, drop it on. So if you get that one love and you know how we like it, sing along to the song. Everybody in the house, come on.
How was then that? I started working on some, you know, so I went back to music and after um, I kind of had a slow period in uh, the acting, you know, I wasn't getting all my auditions, I wasn't landing my role, so I just started working more on music and I just always had a passion for music. That's what I'm doing right now. Just getting into working with new artists and doing the music. That's the first love, for sure. Now, what kind yeah. of are you still primarily doing hip hop music right now, or do you do, you do yeah. other genres too? I'm doing mainly hip hop, but I mix it with uh, a little R and B and a little symphony, and then sometimes I I make a couple of like I have a catalog of different genres of music. Mm. What was uh, road life like? Was it scandalous? Did you guys have a lot of fun? The road life was, uh, it was hard because we had to leave uh, a loved one behind. We were all in relationships, but it got, it was a lot of fun because it was like a dream from two to you know, so, hmm. you know, we were young and we were, uh, we were on a tour with a hit record, so things were uh, getting to us pretty fast, you know, so it was, it was a lot of fun, and it was, but it was a challenge to adjust to those things. Yeah. And uh, what kind of music was inspiring you during that time? What, what were you listening to in the 90s? I actually listened to a lot of Michael Jackson. Yes. <laughs> to be honest, I, um, I love Michael, and I listened to all the, the hits that were out, but I mostly listened to Michael Jackson. That was my piece. with my song about a lot of... Uh, Things that were really good in the world, so I was always migrating from Michael. One of my favorite albums of the time was Dangerous by Michael Jackson. Oh, Dangerous, yeah. Like yeah, the New Jack yeah, Swing beats and everything? It was so good. Oh, yeah. I, you know, when I, when I run the Hollywood Town, I, I actually did it performing Michael Jackson. Yeah? Yeah, I, I just imitate Michael all the time. I would be great impersonator. But the only thing is I didn't have his voice. So that's why when New Edition was presented to me to be in a band, I just really took it to it because they were really great singers to me. And they, those guys were my friends I grew up with by Brown. And, you know, it was hard for me to tell them I can't do it. You know, like, then it was hard for me to watch them make it so large. I was like, oh my God, what did I do? But, you know, Regrets. We all had that. Yeah, but we all, well, I just felt bad that I felt like that was something that probably was for me and I sort of took the opportunity to it was good to see my friend making it Absolutely. Sometimes uh, I looked at him and I'd be like, oh, finally I just stuck with it. But we got our chance and it was cool. I love entertainment. I love it. You know, being on the road is such a great experience. It's everything I thought it would be. There would be girls sitting in front of the hotel all day long until we got there. And then we'd come out, they start singing our song. It would be so incredible. It was amazing. You know, some nights after the end of our, our performances out there, I would go and greet some of the fans and they talk. And I'm a very spiritual person. And, you know, we would be surprised. The conversations were about believing in God and trusting in God and having faith, you know, because so many people are lost. And for some reason, kids always ask me about uh, my faith. And I share it with them because I'm very open with how I feel about the world and the creator and stuff like that. 
Oh, that makes me happy that, to hear. That's one of the most interesting things to me is that yeah, I would go, I would go visit all the churches. I just like to go and pray. You know, I don't know. Just something that connected me with the areas where I was at, and it'd be so miraculous to see kids come up to me on the train at the end of the yeah, stuff like that is the most memorable thing that I remember. Doing. But we had some very, very cool moments. I think it's really cool that you had such a strong spiritual life because it really would help you keep connected when all this craziness is happening around you. Well, definitely. It was a lot of um, a lot of moments where you know, you'd be fearful because there'd be so many people coming at you at once. But you know, that, that faith kept me solid, knowing that I was safe and how everything was going to be good, you know. Oh, I'm so grateful to hear that. I, I believe in Jesus. I'm a Christian, so that makes me happy. Oh yeah, <laughs> my I was raised in uh, church all my life. We prayed all the time. I've seen some some beautiful things happen with just people that were very spiritual. So I stuck with praying and believing and having my faith strong. And I think everything turned out the way it's supposed to. Sometimes. It took a little longer, but you know, I feel like through my faith, things are going to happen. Mm -hmm. They happen when I want, but they happen. You know, in my career, the testimony of that. And the fact that you're still here today, and you're healthy, and you're, you've got your family, and the way your life is has built to this point, uh, you know, because you're rooted oh, yeah. in your faith. Yeah. Yeah. I have a beautiful family, I have beautiful children, you know, it's, I'm very thankful. How did the music business treat you and the band at that time? Did, like the record company and it everything? It was great. It was, really, it was great, but um, I thought we should have um, had a little more solid management at Funky Bunch, you know. Mm -hmm. um, we, needed a, we needed a solid manager to uh, help guide us a little more because we are so talented and we, we didn't even get to scratch the surface of everyone's talent together when we were as a unit under the record company. So they never got to, they never got to really experience all that the group was capable of. Two albums came out during that, during that decade, right? Two? Yeah. And of the two albums, which one did you enjoy more? Well, I um, I enjoyed both of them, you know, but uh, at the second one didn't get is just do. So, you know, we had a longer, I was in the in the band longer in the first one. And then I, I kind of, I was hurt during the, um, the second one. So I got to be in some of the, uh, the performances, but I didn't get, to enjoy all of it, you know, but I got to see all of it, and I, um, I really, I really wish that they would have put more spins on some of the songs, you know. Yeah. But you got to believe. I really love that song. You got to believe. I should have more spins. It was a fantastic song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what album track from from either album do you wish would have been a single? Um. I really like Martin Marcus here. Yeah, that's a cool tune. Very cool. Yeah. 
was uh, I had the most fun performing that song out of all the songs. You can't sit down during that song. It's just too much fun. You got to dance. <laughs> yeah, we were super amped up. Our routine was the best on that song. Another one I liked was "Boat Time I Funk You." Oh yeah, that was. You know, we didn't get to uh, release that song because the, uh, the writer didn't want a uh, hip hop track done to his song. <laughs> yeah. 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 God bless him. Uh, at the time when the album was released, see, I'm up in Canada, I'm up on uh, in Edmonton on the West Coast, and uh, we didn't have the album available in our record stores at that time. So I went on a family vacation, and we went down to the States, and that's when I finally was able to get the album. That's the whole reason I wanted to yeah. go on the trip. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, we performed that song only one time, and... Uh, we got police escorted out of Foxborough uh, because of the, uh, they, they said that the routine was too risque. Ooh. <laughs> it was fun, though. Ooh. Yeah, fun. I think that was the first time in the group that escorted off the stage. We didn't get to finish our routine. What was the uh, end of Mark being in the group? What was the what? The end of Mark being in the group, what had happened, and he moved on from there. Well, I believe what he got, he got the modeling contract. Yeah. Uh, and it was a good deal. And we looked at it on those kind of advances to what you did. So smart, you know, mm. very smart guy. Very, very smart. 
Well, he's his movie career is is quite quite an amazing thing. So, what uh, what's your favorite of his sh- his movies that he's made? Um, yeah, he's brilliant in what he does. I think this new one coming out is going to be released in um, I think the end of the year. It's called uh, Good Joe Go, mm. and it's just it's a story about a, about a father who um, goes on a walk across March to raise awareness of the deadly effects of bullying after his son gets bullied so that in school he commits suicide. Wow. And it's a really emotional piece and such a, he did such a great job in that. That's coming out by... I think that's my best piece to date. Good, we have something to look forward to. I'm excited. And and also yeah. I'm glad that you're, you're still making music. And are you still doing it under the Funky Bunch as well? Well, yeah, I'm doing, um, I've been doing a lot of uh, solo projects, and I just like having fun releasing music. And I've done some stuff with them, and um, hopefully we'll work together soon again, you know, after all this stuff is over. Hmm. Um, I've been, uh, I've been, I've been releasing uh, music just because I just love Music to multiply songs shared with people. What's I'll send you uh, some of the um, links to some of the music I got out there. Okay. Can you still hear me okay? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. I okay. thought maybe you were going to play a track or something there. I wasn't sure. Oh, um, I could play something back. I'm not sure you hear that well. Uh, I, maybe if you email it to me and then I can add it to the show if you want me to. I can totally do that. Sure. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I'd love, I'd love okay. to share whatever you're working on so people know what's up. Okay. Um, yeah, I have a song called Clap Up. That's basically uh, a theme to Boston. And then I have another song called uh, 33's Up. And that's another Boston anthem. <laughs> It is basically saying, uh, stand up for peace, love, and love to, for humanity. That's what it is. Okay, good. I'm looking forward to it. X Beat. Saben qué hacer, yo tengo la chinga encima de la red Estoy aburrido jugando este game En mi espalda tengo la 23 Yo tengo la chinga encima de la red Estoy aburrido jugando este game En mi espalda tengo la 23 What would you tell yourself at 16 years old? I would tell myself to be more focused on business. Be more focused on business. Because I focus a lot on having fun. And a lot of the business 
پنج جنگ هر جنگ seems like it's like a real brotherhood that's lasted through the years that you guys are still like in touch you know yeah yeah i remember with mark in california you know for years hmm. you know, he is my brother yeah, definitely for sure yeah. and yeah as far as the business sense too i mean at 16 that's a good thing to know for the future because at 16 years old you don't care about that stuff it's like I wish I would have right. taken high school later in life when I actually cared about what I was being taught, you know? Right. Yeah, that was, that was the thing. It was all done for the love and passion. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I needed somebody on the team in the business side. So mm-hmm. things would make sense because we put a lot of work in. Yeah. yeah but... Hey, you were I don't have any regrets. I, I'm so thankful that I had those opportunities. 
Yeah. Yes, yeah, no, that's so positive. I'm gl- I'm glad that you you feel good about everything that happened, and you're still continuing to make music to this day. Um, and yeah, we'll definitely be sharing some. I just have a couple more questions for you before we wrap it up. Can okay. you can you think of a food, a clothing item, a toy, anything that makes you nostalgic for the '90s? Uh... <laughs> That's one of those questions I think. I look whenever I see um, the the Boston Celtics logo or you know, Patriots logo, I always think of the that they had. I think back to those moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the fashion. I love the Celtics. <laughs> of course you do. I love the Browns too in the Red Sox. But it's on the ball when I see those levels. I think about the games. I think way back to Larry Larry Johnson. Then I think about how Jordan used to just dominate all the games back then. Sorry, Jordan did what? I say I just I just loved how Jordan would just dominate all the games in the nineties. Oh yeah. <laughs> Have you watched that documentary that's on Netflix about him yet? No. But Jordan was he was from the nineties, really cool guy. Yeah, I met his children. We hung out. Uh, like one of his his games he had in, um, in New York. And I'm not I ran into him a couple of times in um, Bahamas. I met his, his family. He's amazing guys. Very cool. We actually uh, sponsored uh, my my team and you know, he gave us a couple. So he gave us some really cool joints. I love that guy for that. Nice. Yeah. Were you ever a hockey fan? Do you like the Bruins? Yeah. I, yeah, I do. I do. I when they when they won the champ the last championship, I was there mm-hmm. in Game Five. Yeah. Yeah, it was to see. And I felt you could feel that they were going to win. Yeah. And there was. <laughs> I'm uh, yeah, obviously being Canadian. I have to always go with the hockey, and I'm happy that they're putting a season together now. So that's good. Yeah, I was on the. I was working on a set of Ted during that time. Yeah. And yeah, I I played the groom, one of the groomsmen in that show. Oh and, no way. Uh, yeah. And one of the guys actually came to the set. He was in, he was in the film. Simply like some other thing right now. Mm. Oh. Yeah, that was crazy. Sorry, say that again. So I'm going blank with his name, with, with my friend's name. Like, oh my god, uh, <laughs> uh, What are any? Um... Excuse me. I was going to ask you. Um, 
Do you have any charities or causes that you support? I don't. Yeah. I, I just, I haven't um, had any charities that I support. I just do it to connect to people that I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like just when you see somebody that needs the help or a situation and you just kind of get involved any way you can, right? Well, yeah, that and um, like when I, I know that people are, like people, I'm very close to a lot of people and they talk to me about what's going on and they're talking. I found out they need help out sending some cash out, you know, cash out to come on so they'd be okay for the time they need help. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. Yeah. Well, that's wicked. I'm not kind of feeling that that helps I help a lot of people in my family too because they have a big family. Mm. Okay. Everybody needs help every time. That's what I do. Yeah. It's a good thing. <laughs> it's a very good thing. And it's and I thank you so much for your time today. And where can people find more about you and your music online? Um, I'm on um, I'm on the big age and uh, clap, my song Clap and Don't Give Up is on all the platforms right now. All the major platforms Spotify, YouTube Music, uh, iTunes. Perfect. It's out there. Um, I have a YouTube channel that I put to my music on. It's on the Big Ace Productions, and I also have BigAceProductions.com. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you and, so much. And, Sorry, go yeah, ahead. I, I, have a, I have a new um, T-shirt line coming out soon. And it's going to be catered towards um, the epidemic that's going on right now. Okay. So to promote, promote um, good vibes and promote um, good signs, good like be nice, be cool, be soft. Those positive images that I, re I feel like kids need to see. We need more of that in this world, especially for the youth. So I'm glad. I'm glad you're doing that. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, I, I love I love helping people and I love children. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I had kids and I love kids. And you know, I used to be a teacher in the after school program. And I work with some of the baddest kids in the city. I told my guys these kids so bad. And then for some reason, I put them on a timeout and I had them in timeout as I worked uh, with a, a dance crew called uh, the Wonder Twins. And these kids transformed into the biggest fans and they couldn't believe that I could dance. And they were like, can you teach us? And I was like, oh my God, you guys serious? And they were like, yeah. <laughs> they were like zoned in and I taught them. And they went on to win uh, so that uh, Apollo. Mm. You know, it's, it's crazy what you can do, the effects you can have on children. I really love children, but inspiring them. So that's what I, that's one of the main things I like to do. You know? 
See, and there you go. That's almost like a supporting supporting the the future for the youth and everything. I'm and yeah, I, I'm so inspired by you. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure. My great. Yeah, I, I love working with those guys. You know, they're my brothers, and we uh, we did a lot of great things. And I wish those guys the best. No matter when I'm working with them or not, I just love them, and I always pray for them. And yeah, you know, I think we got we got some great things to start. You know. Well, what you did, what you did with the Funky Bunch, and what they did, it was a huge part of my life and my childhood. So. I thank you guys for that, you know, all the great music and, I mean, yeah. Oh, great. That's awesome. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Super cool. That's cool. Uh, love and That's awesome. How's Maurice doing? Maurice is um, getting better. Oh, good. Yeah, he's trying to um, be more vocal and, and move around a little bit more, so it's good to see that he's... he's Actually improving. Good. I'm happy. Slow, slow, but it is improving. Well, good. I'll send him prayers and love too, you know? Amen. Amen. After these messages, we'll be right back. Analog Brewing, winner of three awards at the 2020 Alberta Beer Awards, is a proud sponsor of the Dope Nostalgia Podcast. Analog Brewing is now offering delivery within the city of Edmonton with no delivery fee on orders over $40. Go to analogbrewing.ca slash shop. That's www.analogbrewing.ca forward slash shop and place your order today. When placing an order, you could also pay it forward and take part in their Nurse a Pint program and prepay for a pint for a nurse. Mention this podcast in the order comments so they know we sent you. Analog Brewing, taking beer to the next level. Uh, my next guest is part of one of the hottest groups in pop music today. They're right. New Kids on the Block, please give it up for Donnie Wahlberg. So what is your relationship to Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch? <laughs> That's my little brother. Now, is your little brother uh, the white kid or the funky bunch? Uh, <laughs> one of the funky bunch related to you? Who is your brother? <laughs> He's in the house. Yeah, yeah. How old is he? 20. Yeah. Talented kid, man. Moves very well. Good rapper. He's all right. And who is that lady that sings in this uh, hit? Uh, Lolita Holloway. Yeah, she's bad. Yeah, she's real bad. She's real bad. Um... Are you helping him musically in any way? Yeah, well, I, I produced his album. Um, I produced 10 of the 11 songs on the album. Yeah. And actually, Danny Wood produced a song on the album also. Mm -hmm. yeah. and a friend of mine from Virginia named Spice um, produced two songs, three songs with me. Spice! Woo! <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, he's not much younger than you. I mean, he's about their age. Uh, couldn't he have been... <laughs> Age! <laughs> um, couldn't he have... <laughs> couldn't he have been in the group, New Kids on the Block? Yeah, actually, he tried out for the group with me in, uh, oh. 1985. Um, 
the first two members of the group were me and Mike. And uh, that's how we got in the group, was basically by rapping and breakdancing and stuff like that. And uh, Mikey, he just really was not into it. You know what I mean? It's like the first day we started going over to Maurice's house or to the studio and stuff. Um, you know, I was just like into everything. I was playing the drums. I was trying to learn how to play everything. And Mark was just like, I want to go with my friends and play basketball. This is not for me, you know, because it was all, you know, love songs and stuff like that. And that's just not really what he wanted to do. Yeah. And, you know, I told him, you know, if, if I ever got the chance, I would, you know, help him do what he wanted to do. And now we do. I also had the chance to speak with Hector Barros, a.k.a. Hector, the booty inspector. Here's what he had to say about his history with Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Party continues. Hey, yo, heck, man, you ready to do this? Yo, mock, man, you know I'm a dancer. Hey, yo, man, that ain't never stopped nobody else from taking a stand, so kick it to him, man. What the hell? What the hell? What the heck? Hector, the booty inspector's in full effect. I'm out of the because the weak at the knees. Call yourself dancing, please. You can't get with this, so don't step to this. Looking like girls with a jerry curl kit. Down with a bunch and my level won't slip. Yeah, I'm on the house. Can yes, I can. Okay, how are you doing? Good, how are you today? I'm okay. Hanging in there. So, um, welcome to my show. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. No problem. Where are you located now? I'm in Massachusetts. I'm 30 minutes south of Boston. All right, did you grow up in uh, Dorchester? No, I didn't. I grew up where I'm at now. Yeah? Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. Um, so you, you pretty much lived there most of your life in that most area? Most of my life. Yep. yep. Cool. Um, what would you tell somebody who is new to the area, like cool places to visit and everything around your hometown? Uh, um, my, my hometown is kind of historic. We were known as the Wailing City way back. It's like one of the richest cities in the world at one point. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the stuff we have here, we have like the Wailing Museum. Um, our fishing port is the richest fishing port in the United States. So a lot of fishing. Um, we have like an old, quaint style downtown called the Stone. It's cool. People, would be, people go down there and go to the museum and stuff. Eateries and stuff like that. Well, that's nice. I hope to come out there and visit sometime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, how did you meet up with um, everybody in the group initially and get together? Ooh. I make a long story short. Um, Your mic's cutting in and out a little bit. I wonder if. You hear that? Yeah, it sounds good now. You good? Okay. Um, Wow, let me make a long story short. Uh, so me and Scott grew, basically grew up together. Um, we was in various groups when we was younger, um, since high school. Uh, so we knew each other. And we ended up going to Boston and auditioned for a company out there. It was called New Boston Entertainment. Mm. And we auditioned for a singer that was part of the company. And uh, we got picked for it. And 
we decided that we needed another person just to make So we had another audition and uh, Andy eventually became a part of it. So initially it was me, Scott, and Andy was in a group it was called Best Kept Secret. Hmm. And we did a bunch of shows around the Boston area. Andy had contact with Donnie and them new kids because he used to be in a group that rehearsed at the Lee School where the new kids started. So he had already known Donnie and the rest of the kids. So mm-hmm. uh, we ended up doing the show with the new kids. The new kids used to do a Christmas show every year at a prison out in Boston. Oh, wow. Bear, Bear Island. And we did the show. And then Donnie approaches after it and he you know, discussed how he was you know, getting ready to you know, put Mark out there as an artist. And we auditioned. We auditioned, and Terry was already a part of the group with Mark. So initially, it was Mark and Terry. We auditioned as the dancers, and wow, that's amazing. Um, so I noticed one of the posters you guys had on your Instagram. It was called the original Entourage. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you guys kind of associate that too with like the TV show? Like that, that um, show is kind of based on the relationship? Well, the, the, the TV show is definitely based on Mark's close friends at the time. Donkey, a few other people. I think that's what it's, it's loosely based on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure the idea obviously came from you know, being out on the road, whatever, just being an entourage. Well, I'm sure that's very happy. You know what I mean? So yeah. we consider ourselves the original entourage because we were with Mark there in the beginning of his career. And, you know, that's just how we felt. What was each member's uh, role in the group? Or, and still um, currently? I mean, I think we were all pretty much had the same role. We choreographed everything mm. that we did. All the videos, or songs, everything. We we pretty much all had the same roles, like choreographing and putting together the show, stuff like that. We never really had too much of a handing in in the writing of songs and stuff like that. We were submitted things that we did, but uh, as far as the stage part of it and the dancing part of it, that was always. Mm-hmm. Um. So. At the time that this was all happening and New Kids on the Block was so successful, were they were they considered to all of like the people at home that really cool, or did they get teased for being a boy band? <laughs> um, I don't know if I can really answer that. I don't think I don't think they were. Um, do, do you feel like that they were respected? I think yes, they were because when they first came out, like with uh, "Please Don't Go, Girl," mm-hmm. no one, I mean, around this area, knew who they were. You know, yeah, I mean, heard the sound. We, being from this area, we automatically assumed it was a new addition. 
you know. Yeah. And obviously Maurice had a part of that. So the sound was like the condition. Mm-hmm. So I think, and this is my opinion. I everybody assumed that it was another new addition group. Mm-hmm. And when we seen that it was five white guys doing R and B, it kind of blew a lot of people's minds. And, and seeing them perform and stuff, it's like, wow, this kid's have it. I think when people actually like take the time and and watch what they do, they can respect how talented they are. So that's the thing. Like people see just the outside of it, but if you really delve in deep and Mm -hmm. see that these they're they're talented kids. And they worked very hard. All you guys worked hard, you know, for what you, for what you accomplished. Um, I remember around that time too, there was a group referred to as the North side posse. Yep. Who were? Do you know much about who they were? Yeah, um, Jimmy Marsh and uh, the other one was Dana. I don't, I don't remember Dana's last name. But yeah, they were close. They grew up with Donnie. They were one of Donnie's best friends. So ah. that's how they got put. Um, and Jimmy Marsh is still around. Actually, he's just he's coming out with an album with the group that he formed after that one, Wise Guys. Mm-hmm. So he's coming back onto the scene. And Jimmy Marsh wrote uh, a few of the songs on the albums. He wrote You Gotta Believe. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, and a few other songs that he wrote too. And it's def- we stay in touch with Jimmy Marsh, definitely. Oh, that's awesome. Dana, I, have, I haven't seen, I don't know what Dana's up to. I haven't seen him in years. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Jimmy Marsh is still up. The first cut on this record has been cross-format focused for airplay success. Yo, man, shut up. I ain't even going out like that. I make the music for the people. Let's go. How much touring did you get to do? Or did you get to travel? We did a lot of touring and traveling. I would say in the short span, we um our first one out was with the new kids in Europe, their their European stretch. Um actually let me let me go back. First one they had did was um a Fenway Park show that the new kids did. That was I wasn't part of it. I broke my wrist. Oh, um, no. So I wasn't able to perform in that show. So probably about a month later, the new kids did their um, West West Coast leg tour. I went out to the bar to hang around and you know, see the ropes that came on. Then after that, they went to Europe and we performed other Europeans. And from that point on, for about a good solid two years or so, we was on the road everywhere. Mm-hmm. 
um, I could probably say that we tour on a two-year span probably at the max three months. Excellent. So, yeah, we went we went everywhere. What an experience that would have been. Um, what was road life like? Was it scandalous? Were you guys bad? Or did you, just, <laughs> you were all so young and having a good time. Um, I guess the best way I can say it is Terry's famous saying that every day was a Saturday. <laughs> pretty much something. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, what was getting that first number one like? When when good vibrations smashed and just everything went crazy, or how was it? Yeah. Um, so the recording of the song and after hearing it, we all kind of had a feeling that it, it was going to be something. We didn't know number one song, whatever, but we knew it was a good song. Mm -hmm. um, we first heard about it. I believe I believe it was at the airport. It was playing. And they said it became number one. And it was like, wow. This is amazing. Yeah. And uh, we ended up riding in a van or something one time. It just came on the radio again. And we actually flew the van over, dancing and celebrating you know, it being number one. Once that hit number one, it just it, it brought so many other things. We were showing eyes and doing uh, shows like Arsenio. Jay Leno, things like that. So yeah, it, it really shot off after that. Oh man, Arsenio Hall was my absolute favorite show back then. Oh yeah? <laughs> that, that was you so did Arsenio twice or three times? Yeah. Uh, what kind of music inspired you? Uh, Me? Like, do you, yeah, do you do, do you do much writing yourself, even like now? Um, yeah, I, I always had like, Prior to being in Mark, I was always in groups with the kids. So, um, I started out dancing, started out rapping, singing room. So, yeah, I've always been writing since I've been. Um, my father was a musician. He was mm -hmm. a saxophonist and singer. Um, Wonderful. And then also there was a group from my hometown. R&B group called the Tavares who had a couple you know, hit songs that were truly inspirational for me. They were like, like right around the corner. They actually watched the Paris so they was a huge inspiration. That's awesome. Um, how do you feel like the music business itself treated you, the business side of, of the coin? Like, how were they to Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch? Ooh, you're getting into it detail huh? um <laughs> i think about these questions so, for quite a while yeah yeah um so let me say that like you said we was young at the time um things came by rather quick so we wasn't really hip to music business per se mm -hmm. so uh i think as with every new artist that doesn't really know the business you go through it, not realizing certain things are happening because you're just living a life going through it. Um, in retrospect, if it was to happen over again, and knowing the business now, I think it would be different. Mm. You know, for us contractually or whatever. Um, 
but yeah, it, it the business side was kind of obvious to it because we were too knee deep in performing and doing shows. Um, <clears throat> what album track from any of the the discs? What were some uh, your favorite song that <clears throat> maybe favorite? wasn't a single? I want to play it on the show too. I, so. <laughs> I, I'll tell you. One song, one song I thought that should have been a single, and I thought, and at least top the head. Sorry, can you say that one more time? I want you from the You Gotta Believe album. Oh, okay. One of my it's my favorite. I thought that would have been a a, a hit song. You gotta believe. You gotta believe. Album is my favorite. Yeah. Um, uh, music for the people. Obviously, the vibration outside. Um, love them songs. But I got the very first album. See, I'm coming to you from Canada, and I remember. Yeah. I remember when the first album came out. We didn't have it here yet, but it was already out in the states. Yeah. So I had to come down there and, and then I went down to the States and I bought it on the vacation and just absolutely loved it. The fact that yeah. you could finally get my hands on it. But I swear I heard, like, did Donnie produce it? Yep. Oh, Donnie and Danny, I think. Um, Cause there's times where I think I hear Jordan singing on it too. <laughs> that high falsetto. Um, yep. Yeah. I was pretty sure, but uh, yep. yeah, that You're was right. My- that was my history with that album was just, yeah. I'll, I'll always remember buying it because it was a big We event. We went up to Canada early on during Music People. Yeah, the first time going there to Toronto, I was like, oh, this is the cleanest city I've ever been. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm out west. I'm about a, a four hour flight from Toronto, so pretty far. I'm closer to oh. Vancouver. <laughs> oh, yeah, way over there. Way over there, yeah. demise of mark being in the group at what point did he decide it was time to move on um i think i think the calvin klein thing uh opened up another avenue for me. Mm-hmm. and once once that happened i think you know the office started coming in with film and movies mm-hmm. It's just a natural progression to move on, and that's what. Do you keep in touch? Um, I do through through texting and stuff like that. I haven't spoken for quite a while, but through text and stuff like that. Yeah. And for the group now, you guys are still like out there doing it, right? Obviously, not at the very moment we're in right now, but. Right. But you guys are still performing and doing shows and recording and everything, yeah. eh? Yeah, through the grace of God, uh, we got an opportunity um, this past year to to go out with MC Hammer. Awesome. So we was on, it was called the Hammer House Party Tour. And we did spot dates, we did about almost 10 spot dates with them this year. And it was a blessing. Definitely a blessing. And then during that time, we was able to record our own stuff. Uh, we had we had a song called "Absolutely" featuring Cisco from mm. Drew Hill. Song, awesome. Song. So yeah, and then and then before right before the, this big old pandemic, we was getting ready to put out another song called "Celebrate." So that's gonna happen, and probably gonna do a video for that. And we was in the midst of putting the shows together. Oh, nice. Well, it's a concert that changed your life. Like the one of the shows that you've gone to that you were just like, so I've gone, gone to the go see. Yeah, yeah. Oh. To me, probably my first concert. I don't know how old you are. So my first concert that really I was First rap concert. Sorry. First, the first big, big rap concert was called Fresh House. Fresh House. It was yeah. So it was like Run DMC, Houdini, Fat Boys, Curtis Blow, like everything. 
um, and that was my first concert that I went to. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. Oh, wow. And that's so many to see at once, too. Like, that would be really yeah. fun. My, yeah. mine was, all, all, all like the biggest rap artists at the time. Mine was MC Hammer in 1990. Really? Yeah. So, so, so little known, not known fact is that we were supposed to be the opening act. Yeah. Yeah. But management and Mark decided that to do our own tour. Hmm. Hammer wanted us on, so we ended up doing our own, and he picked up TLC. Oh, wow. So I don't know. If I don't know if the show you were that had TLC, but no, I would have remembered TLC for sure. I don't remember who the opener was, to be honest. I was, well, I was like 11, 12, something like that. <laughs> but yeah, it was mind blowing. Absolutely. It, um, it is crazy how, how things work that we were supposed to be with them back then and it came all full circle with us being with them now. Yeah, I think that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, and I'm really glad you guys are still performing. I hope that you can visit, a well, obviously start touring again one day here soon. And, um, well, I was going to ask you just a couple more questions. Um, yeah. can you, can you think of a, a food or a clothing item or a toy or something that makes you nostalgic for the nineties? For the nineties? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would have to say cross colors. <laughs> nice. We had every, every color that you could imagine so, <laughs> and we wore them like so many shows like we have the green jean suit and the red jean suit and the black one and the white one yeah no i agree we've talked about those, those a couple times now on the show um do you yeah. have any do you have any charities that you support um no not really but that's something that we would like to look forward to mm -hmm. yeah, would like to support Mark's foundation, definitely. Awesome. What's his foundation? That would be cool, the Mark Wahlberg Youth Foundation. Oh, awesome. Good. And I, want... I, I work. I work with um, uh, incarcerated juveniles too. So that's not that. Way. That's good work. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Um, so where can people find you online? Um, on IG at the Real Funky Bunch. Okay. Uh, Twitter, the real funky bunch. <laughs> Wait, it's underscore the funky bunch. Underscore. Okay. And on IG, it's at. at I want on to Facebook too. At, oh, oh, you can oh. go to um therealfunkybunch.com too. Okay. Thanks for joining me today. I really love talking to you. <laughs>
it but so nasty that it's driving me nuts come on baby you know what to do cause marky mark is gonna funk you Oh, you know those gang vocals on those choruses. I can hear new kids on the block all over that. Totally, totally. So once again, I want to thank my guests today, Hector Barros and Big Ace, for being on the show. Two amazing members of the Funky Bunch who I loved speaking with. And I want to apologize because I know sometimes the sound quality on the phone calls was a little bit uh, difficult. But uh, I did my best to mix it for you and uh, get it, get all the information straight from the guys to you. So thank you guys for joining me for this episode about Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Next week's Dope Nostalgia episode is with a local artist right here from the city of Edmonton. Bobby Cameron joins me and we talk about his albums, his recordings, everything that happened to him in the 90s, especially his hit Human Fortress that made a big impact on Canadian radio. He shares his experiences with us on next week's show. You guys take care and we'll talk to you soon. Social media, yeah, we've got it. Send us an email, dopenostalgiapodcast at gmail.com. Twitter, Nostalgia Dope. Or on Insta, dope underscore nostalgia. This podcast.